Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your word. Your word, you said, Father, you sent your word and you watch over it to perform it. We thank you, Father, that as we minister your word today, it'll go into hearing ears, seeing eyes. Their understanding will be enlightened by the truth of the word of God. We thank you, Father, that those that hear the word and become doers of it will change their life for your glory. In Jesus' name. I'm going to teach you something this morning that will help you. But hearing the message is one thing. Applying it to your life is another. That's your job. So by the power invested in me by the Lord Jesus Christ by God by the authority of his word I'm going to teach and the words you hear will transform your life if you become a doer of them uh, there's some things that are really important in life and I don't want to get off a tangent here but God has given us the tools to live this life on this earth in victory over every area of our life. He's made a way for us to do that. He's given us the name of Jesus. He's given us the word of God. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us what we need to be all that we can be for him, for the kingdom of God. So let me get into this. There's, we're living, the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, tells us that in the last days, there will be perilous times. Perilous times will come. Uh, and then he goes on to say what those are, describes them pretty explicitly. And if you go back there and read that, I'm not going to take time to read it now. But you go back there and read that, and you will see it. It could have been taken from the headlines of today's newspaper, the news shows that you watch on TV. These things are happening. We're living in the last days. So it's important that we start taking a hold of everything that Jesus did for us so that we can do what we're supposed to do for us individually for our household for our families for uh, the people we work with the people we work for uh, everyone you come in contact with um, you've got a big circle to to work in i'm going to give you some insight into how to do that so we'll go over to an, uh, another thing see we have an enemy um his name's a devil, and he has these levels of, uh, well, I'll read that here in just a minute. Uh, but the Bible says that the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And sometimes we feel like we're being devoured. We're being chewed up and spit out. So if that's happening, we need to make some changes, but we've got to know how to make the changes. Uh, if, you're, if you find yourself 
in one of these categories of perilous times, being affected by that, you have a way of escape. You don't have to be controlled by those things. Uh, the other thing I want to look at here briefly, and it's hard for me to do this briefly, but I will control myself. Uh, in the fourth chapter of the book of Mark, uh, Jesus taught a parable, and he said the sower sows a seed. It's, it's how the word works in your life. Uh, it's the word is a seed it's planted you you take the word you speak it into your situation what the word says about it what God what the Bible says about it what God thinks about it and you start saying what God says about it and you'll change it but there's five things that the devil uses to keep that word from working in you and you don't have to be subject to that you can be like the one sold on good ground good ground the seed goes into the good ground and it produces a harvest an abundant harvest it'll get it says some 30 fold some 60 and some 100 a hundred fold return is pretty good it's great 30 is not bad how would you like to get 30 percent on your money you don't do you most people don't. Most people don't get anything on their money. They consume it, and it's gone. There's, it's, it, that's another teaching. So there's five things we look at here. Uh, tribulation and persecution. Why do those things come? Why is there tribulation? Why is there persecution? First, what are those things? One definition I heard a, a preacher say Tribulation is pressure due to circumstances, and persecution is the antagonism of people. Now that gets closer to home, doesn't it? If I didn't have trouble with people, I wouldn't have any trouble. But you live on this earth, and there's going to be trouble with people. Can't help it. You live here, but you need to learn how to handle it. We're going to teach you that. Okay, and then three other things. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things entering in. Choke the word. Keep it from working. So we can control these things. The deceitfulness of riches. Man, if I just have more money. You don't need more money. You need more seed. But that's another teaching also. Because uh, seed will get you more money. Uh, <coughs> the the deceitfulness of riches, money will solve all my problems. Why is it that winners of huge lottery sums, three to five years, it's all gone? Why? Riches are deceitful. A fool and his money are soon parted. Things like that are in the Bible. Okay. The desires for other things entering in. Uh, and it's easy for us to get into that. There are so many things that we're presented with 
on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, sometimes we, uh, I was I was reading about an app uh, that helps you be more productive. And one of the things that app does is limit your time on Facebook, on social media. And you set the times, but that's what how this app helps you be more productive. Keeps you from spending all your time flipping back and forth between Facebook and Instagram and whatever else you're on. Uh, you need to focus on certain areas of your life that are more important than other areas. Uh, and I'm as guilty as anybody, so, you know, I'm preaching to me. Uh, and the cares of this world. You know, this society, this time we're living in, uh, the things that are happening that, you know, 10 years ago, you say, you hear about it once in a while. Now it's daily. Uh, it's grown worse and worse and worse. That's part of the last days we're living in. The Bible says that will happen. So what do you do about it? I'm glad you asked. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Well, I'm not going to read this whole chapter. I could. But you can and should. Uh, first, it talks about children and their responsibility. What they should be doing. Then it tells talks about fathers, and you could say parents here in verse four, and fathers, and tells what they should do or not do. And then bond servants. <coughs> in the times this was written, there were slaves, but there were people that that got paid for serving other people. That's what you do. You go to your job. They pay you to do something. And it instructs you how to how to do that according to God's plan and His work. Now, every one of those things, there's places where conflicts and things can enter in and, and things that aren't right. And any time you have a situation in one of those areas, uh, in your family, in your job, <coughs> when you're, if you're the boss, then you have multiple people you're dealing with. You know, your employee deals with you, you deal with all of your employees. So there's a way to do that according to God's will. And this is what this is talking about. Now, it's obvious that you can't do this in your own strength. You've tried that. How's that working for you? He says uh, in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, you're, you're going to accomplish victory in these areas of your life if you're strong in the Lord and you do it in the power of his might. <coughs> Where's his power come from? We're going to teach you. So, uh, verse 11, 
This is how you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. <coughs> For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts and wickedness in heavenly places. Now, these are uh, the flesh and the blood that we do not wrestle against is in the natural area. It's the, the people, the things that you can see, hear, feel, touch, uh, listen to, argue with, whatever. That is the, in the natural realm, the flesh and blood. The principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places are in the spirit realm. <coughs> now, this is from the beginning of time. I'm going to make this statement. You have to wrap your head around it. Nothing takes place in the physical realm, in the in the flesh and blood unless it first takes place in the spirit realm. That's where the warfare is, in the spirit realm. Uh, we have been given authority by God through Jesus on this earth. And it's spiritual authority. When you try to to take physical authority of your realm of influence you get into manipulation and control and putting people under instead of building them up and you get into the flesh and it can get ugly but God has a way and the armor of God is way now there's uh, read through all of this <coughs> well let's go ahead and read it therefore take up the verse 13 therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand so the evil day is when these spiritual forces of darkness have influenced something in your realm of influence in your family in your job uh, in your friends the people that you're around, um, the world you live in. All of that comes from these evil forces in the earth. But Jesus defeated the devil and took his authority away from him and gave authority in this earth to us. And this is how we exercise that authority put on the whole armor of God now you need to know what that armor is uh, verse 14 therefore verse 13 I don't know if I read that therefore take up the whole armor of God <coughs> that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand 
So, as bottom line of this, you put on the whole armor of God, and you walk in that, and you see yourself in that, and you you speak out of that into your situation with the authority that all of that, the foundation of the authority is what the armor of God is here. And this is what I want to teach, so I've got to quit going off of it. Stand therefore, having, verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, underline righteousness, write it down or something, uh, truth, first truth, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. <clears throat> and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And what do you do with those things? Pray. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. For all the saints, that means all your brothers and sisters in Christ, and I would even say um, for the lost in the world, you have the authority to bring them into the kingdom of God. You've got the power to do that. You pray for them that they come to the knowledge of the truth, because it's not God's will that they don't. It's all men come to the knowledge of the truth and it's our job we have that ministry of reconciliation to reach those people that's a whole nother message also but so let's look at these things that are parts of the armor of god the truth of god the word of god is truth and god's word supersedes, takes authority over, dominion over what looks to be true. The facts. The fact may be that one of your children has illness in their body. That's true. You can see that. You see the symptoms. You know they're not feeling good. The truth is, by Jesus' stripes, he were healed. When Jesus went to the cross, took those stripes on, and was hung on the cross, he took that sickness that, that that child has. And you have authority over that sickness. You pray in the Spirit. You come against the author of that. The Bible says that <coughs> the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life, and that more abundantly. Now, that little child being sick is not abundant life. Not for him, not for you, not for mama. It is not abundant life. It's not the will of God. God didn't create sickness for people. He didn't. So don't be telling people that God's trying to teach you something by making you sick. That's stupid. God doesn't do that. God's a good God. He loves you. 
He doesn't bring any harm to you. That's these principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness, high places, rulers of darkness of this world. That's them guys doing that. And you have authority over them. By the word of God, the name of Jesus, the power. So here's the foundation of that power. The, 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 this is how you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Uh, you recognize the truth. You look to the word of God for the solution. That's the truth. And the truth will override the facts, change the facts. Okay. Uh, righteousness. When you asked Jesus to come into your heart and you made him Lord of your life, it says you were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, you have, you are the righteousness of God. You're right like God's right. You have to meditate on that a while. You have to see yourself with that. But that is a foundation of the authority that you're given. You're coming to God in right standing with him, asking him in this prayer and petition to change the situation in your sphere of influence. Okay. Uh, the gospel of peace. The word gospel means good news. What's the good news of peace? The peace of God that passes all understanding. You don't understand it? You can be in turmoil and torment and you step into the peace of God and this stuff that's bugging you, all these things going on around you, your head says, this is a mess. But in your heart, you know, God's got this. And the peace of God, uh, I don't remember where it says it, but the peace of God rules and reigns in your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. Rules and reigns, peace of God, supersedes the circumstances that you're looking at, the thoughts that you're having. Uh, the peace of God shields you from all of that noise and gets you in a position where I got this. My strength is in God. I got this. I don't have to worry about this. I've got this. God's got my back. That peace. It says, acts as umpire. So you have a thought that says, yeah, but what if? No, the peace of God says, that's not right. You go back to the truth. Let's do what the truth says. It's, it's awesome. And that's a powerful, powerful tool. The gospel of peace. And then above all, above all, it's not it's not good enough to know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. People say that all the time and live like the devil. But if you have a revelation of righteousness, and there's a difference between, and this is another teaching too, but I'll mention it right here. There's a difference between righteousness and holiness. Holiness is something that you on purpose 
do. Righteousness is a, is a gift from God that you didn't earn. You didn't deserve it. There's no way, other way to get righteous other than receiving Jesus as Lord. Holy, you have to work at that. And you can do it because you have these tools. Uh, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So this is another force that's available to us, our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you get into the word, you read the God word, you meditate the word, you hear it preached, you think about it, you talk about it day and night. You, you line your thinking up with the word of God. You renew your mind by the word of God. Uh, you, and then you speak those words out in faith, believing that you receive what you pray. Um, and you come against the fiery darts of the wicked one. What's the fiery dart of the wicked one? The sickness in that child. The rebellion in your teenager, your young adult. The, the lack in your bank account. All of those things. You, anything that affects your, your realm of influence. Your job. Uh, you t and he says above all, you've got to do this by faith. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. So if you're going to get anything done for the kingdom of God, you're going to do it by faith. It's how it works. There's no other way. But that's, it's easy to believe God. Just read his word, then do it. And then verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Salvation is receiving Jesus as Lord of your life. But it's receiving everything that he accomplished from his ministry on earth, his persecution, his death, burial, and resurrection. Everything that he accomplished for you is included in salvation. And that's the part you wear on your head. You know, there's some people that get born again and they put on the helmet of salvation. And they don't put the rest of this stuff on. They got a helmet on and nothing else. Um, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So. And that is, most of these are for protection, shielding, guarding, keeping, um, the foundation principles of the kingdom of God all wrapped up right in here. And then pray. You pray according to the word and you pray in the spirit. You watch over the word 
being watchful to this end. What end? That the Word of God and the stuff you're praying in perseverance and supplication going to change your situation. You have been given authority. In the first place you're given authority is in your household. <coughs> and that's where you start. Uh, you exercise authority in your household. Spiritual authority. You deal with the devil in your house. When that little kid is rebellious, you correct that. You want to do it when they're little because it's easier than when they get to be 30. Because you have less influence when they're 30 than you do when they're 5. So deal with it according to the word. When you're correcting a child, you correct them in the spirit realm first. Your job as a parent is to train them up in the way that they should go. And so you've got to do this from a God-minded standpoint. You you get in, you know, you get yourself in a place where you where you're led by God in correcting this, and you correct them with the word, and you show them what the word says. And then, if they need it, and sometimes correction is in the natural. And the Bible talks about how to do that. You do it that way. Too much of parenting sometimes is, I can't put up with another second of this kid screaming. How am I going to get this to stop? Well, uh, you do it in the flesh, and then pretty soon you're screaming, and the kid's screaming, everybody's screaming. There's no peace in that. So, So let's do it according to the Word of God, and he started this chapter out. There weren't chapters and verse and, and little section titles in this letter that he wrote to the Ephesians. <coughs> and so uh, it's no coincidence that he was talking about children and their relationship with the parents and parents with their relationship with the children, and then you're your work realm, your job, your business, whatever, there. It's no no coincidence that those come just before he taught how to do this. Take up the armor of God. Get your battle thought where it'll do some good. You change it in the spirit realm. You come against those principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual hosts of wickedness, in high places. You come against those and their influence in your circle. And then change it there. And then you let these attributes of God that have been given you, that you've put on this armor of God, and the devil can't tell you from Jesus when you do that. <coughs> Because you're coming from the same place Jesus did when he exercised authority in this earth. Because you're coming from a position of righteousness, Jesus did that. You Using the truth, Jesus did that. When he was tempted of the devil, he said, it is written. He told him what the truth was. 
Now, it looked at what the devil was saying. And could the devil have done those things he said? Sure he could. He had that authority. But Jesus said, no, it is written. So you tell the devil what's written, and that's what we're going by. Same way Jesus did. He had authority in this earth as a man because he was born of a woman. He had a right to exercise authority, and he cast out devils. He raised the dead. He, he did all these wonderful miracles, and then he says, these things that I do, you will do also because I go to my father. So you've got, you've been equipped by God to live in this earth having spiritual authority in your realm of influence and he's given you the tools, the equipment to protect you in these perilous times and give you victory over these things that come against you. So you have to do it the way God taught you to do it. And this is powerful stuff here. Uh, uh, this message came about because I was praying about a situation in our family. Uh, and you need to do that because nobody else is going to change it. Either it goes on the way it is, you put up with it, or you exercise your authority in the realm of the spirit, stop the powers of darkness from their influence in that situation, speak forth the word of God in that situation, and change it. And... Because, you know, all the oppression of the devil, all the, the fear and anxiety and tribulation and persecution <coughs> that people face in this age, we can rise above it. We're better than that. We've got the authority. We've got what it takes. But we have to do it the way God does it. And he spelt it out here really plain for you. You can do this. God's got your back. You've got this. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.